This week on The Clappers, we talk, you'll surprise you to learn, about Elton John, the rocket man. We talk five bedrooms. Oh, yes, we do. We talk about finding your own private chemist. (laughs) And also the young elder of jazz, 2019. Welcome to the Clappers. Sitting across from me for today is Carl Quinn. And uh, my special guest today is yes. Andrew Young. Welcome, thank Andrew. Thank you for having me, Carl. Thanks for coming in. It's a pleasure to come in here <laughs> at this early hour of the day. I'm quite it's, unused to it. It's still light outside. <laughs> it's bizarre. I had it's to put bizarre. my hands away and they were really distressed. <laughs> <laughs> we're not expecting it at all. <laughs> is that a euphemism, putting I'm, your hands away? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm mucking with the circadian rhythms of the life of the hands. Yes, yes Poor yes. things. I found something quite excellent from out of my delicate imposition, right? Yeah. I found a secret chemist. <laughs> now, you might not think it's a secret chemist, given that it's emblazoned with its, its corporate logo and its signage and everything like that. Pharmacy. Yeah. However... What, what you may have noticed has happened with all shopping centres that since you were a little boy, mm. they start out occupying quite a modest amount of, of real estate with a car park all around. And then those car parks get taken up with more buildings for the shopping centre and then the car parks go on top and they just spread and spread and spread. They all do that. Well, there's a shopping centre that I noticed has had that same effect where they're now creating these sub-shopping centres for the people who don't want to take that journey all the way into the massive shopping centre. So people do this. So this chemist has situated itself at what it hopes to be the the, the beginning the of next hot spot. burgeoning yeah, hot spot in shopping centres. But no one knows about it and no <laughs> one goes there. And so, and I've tested this twice. And so what is, people park their cars there to walk to the, oh, no. to the big oh, shopping no. centre. <laughs> so and they need to start charging for parking. So what what is good for me is that the one thing that, this, of course, there may be one or two things I find infuriating, but the one thing that I find most infuriating is going to what well, we used to call they should be called a farmer's well a perfume shop let's call it's going to a perfume shop and handing over my prescription and then having to wait anywhere between five and fifteen minutes and while they make your perfume while they while they do the medicines that I've, I've, I've come to collect. Not your I'm, perfume. No, not my perfume. But these, I don't know if you've been to a pharmacy recently, it mainly is a perfume shop with <laughs> fragrances by Michael Bublé <laughs> and Beyonce and who else? David do you, Beckham. Do you reckon if Miles Davis were alive, he'd, he would, he'd have a perfume? Oh, he would. Oh, yeah. He would. Yeah, it would be like Panther Blue, Blue or Shades. The Car or something. Um <laughs> But anyway, I'm really excited about this. this is a whole new thing in my life. Now I, I can just go anytime to this chemist, put it down, and know that five minutes later I'll be whistling with my hands in my pockets to my motor vehicle. Lovely. Oh, it's so good. I'm so happy for the, you. The world, the world <laughs> was, a, was a, a cruel and grim place for so long, and, and now, now things, I think things are starting to turn around Excellent. for me. Okay? You found a drug dealer with parking. With no customers is my point. It's right. just me in there <laughs> and young women stacking perfume, man. It's great. Andrew, mm. uh, commercial TV. Oh, under that's that. great. Free well, to air. You are the man on the spot. You are Johnny on the spot for commercial TV now, Why aren't you? That? Oh, well, because I'm now... you work for Channel 9. I've now been adopted. <laughs> I've now been adopted by the family. Yes, you yes. are now in the family. So yep, you can tell yep. us all about Channel 9. 
Uh, well, I'm not going to tell you about Channel 9. I'm going to tell you about a show that's on Channel 10, okay. in fact. And uh, I've got to say, it's a real delight to, to find something on free-to-air TV that is a drama okay. that is pretty nicely constructed and acted and uh, has has a reason to watch, I think. And that's a show called Five Bedrooms. It's on 10 on Wednesday nights. Um, there's a lot made of from the from the people who brought you offspring. So it's like a fraternity kind of it's, romp. It's five single people mm. who uh, they sort of they some of them know each other, some of them are barely acquainted. They're all on the singles table at a wedding. Uh, this is the first episode, the setup. Yeah, and uh, and they're sort of moaning about never being able to afford a house. And this older woman, played mm. by um, mm. Doris Yunan, um, her character is called Heather, says. Well, why don't you just pull resources and, and buy something together? And it's kind of like it's it's one of those, yeah, why not kind of ideas that they take seriously. Why don't why don't we just have world peace? Why don't we? Why yeah. don't we? Why don't you just go out there and make it happen? Um, this this is not an unheard of phenomenon in the real it world. Is not. You know, it is not. So I am aware of this phenomenon. I'm also aware of called. how long it takes to draw up the contracts and how difficult it is to find the right and it may, so on it and may so su- forth. It may surprise you to learn that that yes. is not dwelt on really? in any great really? detail. Because that would be the interesting part be really interesting drama. That would be very people <laughs> sitting around tables with reams of paperwork and some poor scrivener going, no, 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 what you don't understand is you're putting in this much money only entitles you to this much Land. Can I just say, if this were made for SBS, perhaps yep. the conveyancing would have been an entire episode. Oh, that would be good. Right. I would love it. Yeah, and you would have loved it, yeah. <laughs> Although you'd still be sitting here complaining about the oh, pre-roll ads when you tried to watch it on, on I, demand. I would. I'd demand a screener from, from some pal <laughs> at Channel 10. Code anyway, to my computer. Anyway, that is not the focus of this show. The, mm. we, we go very quickly from wedding to buying house, and five... People must be laughing their heads off at this, well, surely. Only those, only those who think that it's actually a documentary. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that'd be you, right? <laughs> That's Mr. The one who wants plausibility and realism and, and is not a fan of Game of Thrones because of its lack of plausibility and realism. Oh, how do you know there weren't dragons back in those days? It's it's not anyway. <laughs> God, how did I? I brought up Game of Thrones. Oh, it was your fault. It was me. It's your I'm, fault. I you started it. it. Jeez. <laughs> Just as an aside, footnote: I love the Game of Thrones. No, no, I love the back in those days line of argument about Game of Thrones. It's like Mm. what days? What days? It's It's made up time. Anyway, uh, five bedrooms is also made up time, but it's now time. And Mm. look, it's it's really. um, It's it's kind of it's drama with Mm -hmm. with funny bits. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's really. You know, relationship driven. It's about yeah. the dyna- in- dynamics between these five I characters. I see entertainment. There's, in a, there's a, a gay a gay doctor Fantastic. who is not out to his Indian mum. Okay. So that's a that's Great. a source of. Is there uh, anybody in a wheelchair or nobody's or in disabled? a wheelchair? No, no. 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 Okay. There's a tradie with a heart of gold. Uh, there's that's thank God for that. There's a, there's yep. a, a sort of. High achieving female lawyer played by Cat Stewart, who I, I, I love watching Cat sure. Stewart. I think indigenous she's a people, in uh, no, this, no, no indigenous characters in this. No, no, okay. um, um, there's uh, there's the girl who sort of gets the whole ball rolling, mm. um, and is sort of perennially falling for the wrong guy. And you know, she's a sort of hopeless romantic mm. character who uh, sort of drives a lot of the lighter side of okay. stuff. And then Heather, who uh, the Doris Yunan character, who has not been party to this in the first instance, oh, although yeah. she's sort of she got the so deceived, suggesting what was going to decides to leave her her uh, husband, who's become massively inattentive, and her two drop kick 
sons and uh, and says and she moves oh, in. Great, i'm moving in here okay. when when one of them moves out yeah. she moves in and that there happens. have been shows like this on channel 10 in the past in the dim secret life of us is that what you're thinking yeah, of but, but or you're, or you're thinking, going back further you're going to go to you're going to number 96 <laughs> The, the, the number eighty six. Go Melrose Place. And there were other great shows of people all cohabiting in a non-cohabitational, semi-cohabitational. Well, I think the way. show that it most reminds me of, apart from Secret Life of Us, which yeah. is obviously a reference point, I think, is probably mm. the English show This Life, which oh uh, yeah, which, which yeah. was a terrific. I, show. I think I think I remember that show and mm. uh, Jack Davenport, Jack Davenport, and yeah. Andrew Lincoln, who Andrew, went off, yeah, that went was on, good. of course, to be Rick Grimes in The Walking Dead. So Jack Davenport has been, I know. A lot of blokes wearing uh, turtlenecks. Well, no, I was thinking 18th century English military garb. I like him. I like Jack Davenport, especially if you remember the final scenes of the um, talented Mr. Ripley. I think Mm. he gets the last line. Does he? Yeah. Oh, I've forgotten that. Yeah, I haven't. Go on. Tom is tender. (laughs) Tom is sad. Mm. And then the door shuts, and you know he's going to be the next one with the garrote. Yep. Uh, Yes, look. This this is, I hate. I'm not going to even going to use the frame, but this is when you put a bunch of stereotypes together, put them in a house. You can see they're where a little better with, than stereotypes. With, with some some half decent writing. You can see how it could be an entertaining television program for sure. They're always doing this. There were shows called Arcade in the 70s. There was one set in Bondi. We've got this group of people who shouldn't ordinarily have anything to do with each other and by chance are all bound up in the same place and some of them surprisingly get on, some of them don't get on. There's dramas. There will probably be a fire. There will probably be uh, some, <laughs> some sauciness and there will probably be a robbery. Uh, well, in, in one episode, there is a, a, a suspected robbery. Okay, there we go. Turns out not to be a robbery. Okay, there, this is going to happen. I mean, we know it's going to happen. Turns out to be something else entirely. But, but it's very this comforting. Is, this is, in fact, in the episode that, as we're recording, is, mm. is going to go to oh, air okay. next week. Right. I'd actually say it's a really, really good piece of uh, TV drama in mm-hmm. that going to go to air uh, tomorrow as, we, yep. as, we're, as we're recording this. So by the time uh, people are listening to this, it will have just been to air. Yeah. It raises the whole issue of, of um, middle-class homelessness. Yep. Right? And it does so in a way that is not entirely ridiculous. It's a little bit far-fetched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little bit yeah. far-fetched. But what I like about the show, what I really like about this show, is that within this format of the sort of the comforting, everything's resolved within an hour kind mm-hmm. of uh, it dramatic comedy television, space. isn't it? It is comfort television, yep. but it is actually having a go at dealing with some fairly uh, real-world kind of issues. I don't – look, I don't – go for feeling sorry for the middle class and I don't go for middle class homelessness. I, right. I, I had my fill of that with that television program. What was it called? Six Feet Under. Yeah. That was just white middle class people whining and complaining about their imaginary problems. And I'm sure this isn't like that. <laughs> but if ever I had any sympathy for the white middle class of which I, I belong to, I, I completely lost it after a few episodes of that show. I still watch the title sequence and the first Beautiful death. Title I love the first death each each episode. Yeah. Very clever. Uh, but no. And so this show, okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna knock it without watching it, though that is my general habit. Hmm. Yeah. Why break the habit of a lifetime now? I, I I'm just going to say I'm really pleased that, that a television station has commissioned or caused to be made some drama, yep. which is expensive, uh, rather than a game show well, of course, or something else that will they fulfil. To. They have to commission drama. Mm-hmm. Right? And I don't know where we are uh, in the cycle of this, but in Australia, the commercial television networks have to 
produce a certain amount of uh, drama or scripted television, okay. that's drama and, and or comedy, a um, certain amount of documentary yep. and a certain amount of children's content. Yep. And they have to do it. There are points associated with this and mm-hmm. points awarded to, uh, you know, per hour of a certain type will get X number of points. It's a complicated yeah, formula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it varies. Okay, like a so tele movie. Tele movie gets to. more points than, say, serial drama like Neighbours and yeah, so but on. Basically, but they, they have, have to, do to it. make drama. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't have to be anything and, Australian. There has to be drama from each station. And, and yeah? their compliance with that yeah. is calculated over a three year period, right? Okay. And right. so I suspect that we are. I, 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 I should check this, but we may be nearing the end of a three year period. Ooh, so suddenly. Up. Yeah. Which is. So, it doesn't necessarily lend itself to a quality program, but I but I'll take it no, from I, you. That I don't is, think it, I don't think it necessarily means it will be uh, good or bad in yeah. terms of quality. But if you're rushing something to get it out by a certain no, time, I don't think they're rushing stuff. I think okay. what happens is it's like uh, I mean the rushing will happen twelve months earlier. Yeah, right. It's it's right. not like they haven't just rushed it to get it up okay. now. Right. It's just like stuff is being has been commissioned. Mm-hmm. I may be wrong about about it being near the end of the three-year cycle. I mean, yep. we might be in the middle of it for all I know. I, I, mm-hmm. I, haven't, I haven't looked. So, um, But I'm just outlining the fact that when you when you get drama happening, Australian drama happening on, on your commercial TV channels, it's not because they love commissioning it because it is mm-hmm. really expensive. Yep. They could fill their airwaves with uh, much cheaper stuff and, they and do. would probably love to do so if they were uh, allowed to do that. The, the networks will say, actually, we're fine with quotas, but business, any kind of business mm-hmm. analysis would say, why would they yeah. willingly opt to do to produce this stuff, which costs around a million to a million and a half per hour, when they can buy stuff from America for a fraction of that cost, mm. and presumably get close to the same sort of audience. So, so what's it called again? It's called Five Bedrooms. Five Bedrooms, yeah. Channel 10. The point I'm making is, thank God we have quotas, because otherwise yeah. you wouldn't otherwise get Australian content. Otherwise you wouldn't get it. Yeah, you wouldn't get right. it. Great. So. <laughs> oh, my God. Buying a house with strangers. Mum, I'm 30 years old. The time has come. If we're living under the same roof, he might finally see me. There they are. Three, two, one. Two. Remind me why we're doing this again. You know, this won't last. You don't like people, Heather. I knew it was going to change moving into this place. I was counting on it. I'm bankrupt and I'm divorced. So ashamed. Oh, please. I'm separated. I'm drowning in debt. And I'm still responsible for my utterly useless sons. How uh, how do you feel about Elton John? Yeah, this is interesting because people are um, really talking about this, this film... And the film, of course, we're talking about is Rocket it's Man. Rocket Man. I I remember when I was and, and don't don't don't, <laughs> oh, don't, oh, don't. when I was very small. Mm-hmm. When it was very small, he had a couple of songs that I really liked. Yeah, up until about grade five, I remember one song where the chorus went, "I thought I like girls," and I thought, "Oh, that's nice." It was actually Island Girl. <laughs> What you want with your white man's world. A bit like a Noel Coward song. He had a song called Half Cast Woman. Very sensitive, those creative types from London. Uh, well, Teddington, Middlesex, in Noel Coward's case. 
I've not, I can't say I'm a fan of his music. I was appalled when a member of my household developed a, a taste for one particular song and had to listen to it over and over and over Which and over. Which song was that? I'm Still Standing. All oh, right. It okay. was It was a bad day or two where that song was just heard <laughs> constantly, constantly. And, um, you know, I, look, I can't, I can't have anything against him. He seems like a guy who, who, who was as surprised by his own success as anybody and tried not to turn into a monster, but, of course, failed. Failed. Miserably. <laughs> miserably. And miserably being the operative word. Yeah, yeah. You know, I can't hold anything against him, but he's certainly not my dish yeah. Of tea, yeah. Elton John. You yeah. would never see me at Elton. If you said, I've got free tickets to an Elton John concert, would you want to come? I'd like laugh in your face. Yeah. And of course not. Yeah. Like, I couldn't think of anything worse than an Elton John concert. Well, neither could Elton John yeah. now. He's retired. Yeah. Yeah, so good. he's not doing oh, any more concerts. But, but can I tell you, I saw him do one thing that. Carpool uh, karaoke? No, no, no. There was this film. I think it was called something like American Recorder. It's not called that, but it's something, just two simple words, with a guy called Jack White from a group called the White Stripes. The White Stripes, yeah. 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 He and another guy have restored this old recording machine that records direct to disc, so your performance is is etched onto a disc live, and that's it. And they get in maybe... uh, 18 bands and artists to record a song from the 20s and 30s in their own style and they record it direct to disc and it's a fascinating show. I saw it at the film festival and I felt like applauding at the end of each one and there was such a disparate, there was a Hawaiian group, there was a guy called Pokey Lafarge, there were all kinds of well-known and unknown roots artists and Elton John comes in at the end. You wouldn't expect to see Elton John in an environment like this at all. It's yeah. a very down-to-earth. And he sits down and plays this rollicking blues uh, from, I don't know who it was, from from you know well back into the early days of the 20th century. And he was fantastic. He was really good. And I was thought, what have, what have you been doing? <laughs> Why haven't you been doing this? This is good. This is good. Why mm. haven't you been doing this? But that's my own musical prejudice. Right. Well, you... I reckon if you saw Rocketman, you might have your musical musical prejudice swayed ever so slightly. I can't enjoy uh, the songs a bit, you think? Uh, well, I, I mean, if you don't like the songs, you're not going to like the songs. No. I mean, there's no, there's no uh, getting away from that. I mean, the, the songs aren't – it's not like Bohemian Rhapsody in which Try the songs song. are just – no, but the, the songs are just performed, right? Yeah, it's right. just like here's – Here's a simulacrum of mm. Queen performing yep. the songs, and it, and all you fans there are going to have the opportunity to go. Ah, oh, I remember, right? Mm. You don't get that with Rocket Man. Yeah, what you get is these songs get diced and sliced and and given the musical makeover. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Rocket Man is basically it's not a, it's not just a a, mu- a music biopic. It's a yep. musical. Yeah, and yep. uh, so. You know, you get you get early scenes of uh, Reggie Dwight, Reginald mm-hmm. Dwight, uh, in you know lower middle class London and having a fairly miserable life, being unloved by either his father or his mother. Who does that remind me of? Oh, Richard Nixon. Uh, is, is there is there for a biopic? He's not unique. Okay, <laughs> uh, mis- misery is a very fertile ground for uh, ambition, and that he, is a. That is a great aphorism, Carl. Yes. I like that. And he, uh, so y- y- there's there's a scene of him uh, at the pub. He's he, like 
we first met him very young, and he what, what years? What? Oh, probably eight or so. Oh, okay, right. And yeah. but we're in the fifties or the in the fifties. Right. He's listening to the radio. There's a piano in the living room. He starts tinkering and he's immediately picking out um, the melody of of, of what he's hearing. Mozart. It's like Mozart. It's like Mozart. <laughs> it was a little Amadeus moment, and uh, and then. And then he's off to the Royal Academy and he's studying music and he, he turns up and he's got no he's got nothing prepared he's got no sheet music and and the the woman who's about to hear him audition Academy. says did you bring anything to play and he said no no I thought I'd just you know play something here and he's walked in on her playing uh, I think it was a piece of Beethoven and mm-hmm. then he basically sits down and plays off what she's what he heard her play. Mm-hmm. Note perfect. More Mozart. And then just stops cold. Yeah. Right. And she says, "Why did you stop?" And he said, "Well, that's as far as you got." Mm. And it was just kind of like, "Ooh, little smart ass." <laughs> Ooh, it's it's got some cheek, and yeah. he's got some talent. Yeah. And and then we we get him sort of maybe at the so age he of goes twelve. There? Does he go? Yeah. There? He Saturdays. He gets a scholarship to go on Saturdays. Oh, okay. Right. Saturday um, boy. Mm. Uh, well, Saturday nights. All right. Mm. And so. Yeah, as a twelve-year, roughly twelve-year-old, he's got this sort of like little teddy teddy boy quiff, and he's playing in the local pub, and he's playing piano, and he he basically starts tinkering away, and then it becomes Saturday nights, all right, and 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 then suddenly Ooh. you've got a teddy boy versus mods kind of rumble out on the streets, and and it's, and then he's no longer twelve; he's now like maybe it's very eighteen. Anachronistic. It's totally anachronistic. It disturbs me. It no, well, really disturbs okay. my mind. If, it's if if that sort of <laughs> I'm thing feeling it, man. is going to hurt you, I would <laughs> get an aneurysm. You don't go and see it yeah, because yeah, no, I can't handle it that. Ends, no. The film ends in 1983, right? It ends with I'm still sad. Marriage? When was he married? No, no. Hang on, hang on. You're jumping the gun, mate. Sorry, sorry. Just like the film does. Sorry. It ends in 1983. <laughs> it ends in 1983 with I'm still standing. A sort of recreation of that clip, yep. right? Done on the beach, and I, I think it's in the south of France, maybe Nice or somewhere. Nice. I, I can't. It is Nice, yeah. Okay. Or can nice Nice. nice. Um, and uh, and so that's that's where it ends. Okay, mm. on this sort of like this kind of upbeat yeah. moment, right? A perfectly good place to end. However, before we get there. He has been married and mm. divorced. So the marriage to Renata Blau, I think, happened in 83 or 84. They met in 82 or 83. Uh, they were divorced by 88. Mm-hmm. So we get all of that, that whole marriage. It's like a flashback. That whole marriage plays out in about a two-minute sequence of the film. And yeah. Look, Elton John is one of the producers of this yes, film. He's so created, he's, had, he's created his own Fabulous statue to himself, well, hasn't he? Well, he has, but it's not a. It's not a sort of like it's not an overly flattering statue. Okay, it's. Okay. Uh, I mean, I think this is vastly More superior. Of a portrait of Dorian Gray, would you say? No, no, not prince? even, not even. No, 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 okay. no, no. I think it's a pretty good piece of work. I think it's really. Mm-hmm. It's quite bold. It's imaginative yep. formally in the way it it, um, it tells the story. It's playful, but it's unflinching. It's okay. uh, got some. It's got pretty good performances. Um, Taron Egerton plays. Plays, plays Elton John. There's a lot of hype about, oh, he sings all the songs live and he sounds just like Elton. And it's like, well, he doesn't actually sound just like Elton. Mm. Um, he sounds he sounds fine, but it's like, it's, it's, it's not. almost not necessary. Like, no, you already that's, know that's right. it's not Elton John. And if the guy's sounding like Elton, you suspect, oh, so he's miming. And for that's some right. reason, yeah. that isn't as satisfying. Watching someone mime to yeah. a, a pop star that they're playing in a film is not as satisfying as the the, the actor actually sing the songs even though they may not sound quite well quite like them. I, I look I, I get I get that point although I would say uh that so Sam Riley in control the joy yep. division biopic yep. who did 
did sing the mm-hmm. Ian Curtis vocals and sounded remarkably like him. And it was it was part of what made that such a great mm. performance and such a great film. Oh, I, I think. thought I thought every that, uh, the lighting and the yeah. camera. Work, I mean, there's a lot was, a lot to love in that yeah, film. Yeah, right? I, yeah. I love but that film. The point I'm making is that like the the uh, the verisimilitude of that mm. performance and and the the vocal performance is part of what makes. Shall I tell you another rock and roll? Go bio, on, bio go on. Peak. Tell me one. Sex and drugs and rock and roll. The injury. I haven't yeah. seen that film. <gasps> Yeah. Well, you're in for such a treat. That's with Andy Circus, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. marvelous. Yeah, he's marvelous. But, but again, not just him on his own. Yeah, the whole thing is is great. It's yeah. just great. And and I went with someone who d- is too young to even know all those Bonds commercials that used injury and the Blockhead songs yeah. for their um for their undies and socks ads through the eighties or whenever it was. Absolutely loved it. Like it's or when you take someone to see it, or when you go with someone to a film who doesn't like films about m- um, music anyway, docos or otherwise, and doesn't even know the band or anything, and can enjoy the film as a film and love the music, and the, then you know that's it, a winner. It's a very successful film. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was very successful in your your sense of the dollars, but uh, it was great. I love that film, but I but I do avoid where I can films like this because they do have a formula that they follow, and it is hard. But you're to, talking about. The injury but, film? No, no, I'm talking about um, Rockerman. I'm talking about films that are, are bi- biographies of mm. star, like of actors or, or rock stars, or you know, they they do follow a, a, a pattern that that starts to get a little wearisome. Well, I would say that Rocketman does a pretty damn good job of breaking out of that straitjacket. Oh, really? It, yeah, it's a really inventive piece of work and a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And it and like I say, it's unflinching. It doesn't shy away from any of the sex and drugs and rock and roll and misery and depression, the whole thing is basically structured around the idea of rehab. Okay. So yeah. the very beginning of the film is Elton running in, in costume yeah. and as we later discover he's run away from a performance he's about to give. Or yeah. a, and I, I, can I just say, I have no idea whether that actually happened yeah. and it almost doesn't matter. No. And it ends with, with well, it doesn't quite end. It ends, as I said, mm. with I'm still standing, but it's sort of like, we come to a point where we realise, right, the framing device of this whole film is really a rehab session. Yeah. Like, a account, you know, he's in there in an AA group, he's yeah. spilling the beans and, and we're replaying moments from his life. It's impre- impressionistic to some degree and it's sort of circular and it doesn't follow a tight chronology and it does, it is anachronistic in the sense that it puts chunks of music that we associate with a particular moment in time out of somewhere sequence else. somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. Uh, I think... However, for all of that, that it is, at it, in in essence, I think mm. it's really truthful. I think it's truthful about the psychological drivers, uh, yeah. about the the sort of highs and lows of his experience, and uh, you know about the relationships and mm. the good and bad yeah. in, in his life. So I'd, I'd be saying, if you know, for those who do not have an antipathy to either the form or to Elton John's yes. music and are open to the possibility of seeing yes. it. Check it out because it's, it's a lot of fun. No, he is not. That's a shame because <laughs> he was always here on Countdown being he friends was. with my. They'd hang out Well, afterwards. you know he got married in Sydney. Yeah. That, that yeah, marriage yeah. was here, yeah. Well, Meldrum's a Melbourne guy, but but sure, he, he probably went to the, the funeral. I'm I was going to say the funeral. The funeral. The, the wedding. <laughs> I was actually thinking the other day that Four Weddings and a Funeral would have been a far better film if it was Four Funerals and a Wedding. Yeah. I did see that when it came out. You want, yeah. you know, just in case you're wondering if I've seen any popular entertainment at all in my yeah. life, I did yeah. see Four Weddings okay. and a Funeral. So we're going back about 24 years or something so. thereabouts. I think so, yeah. 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 Okay. Well, mm. you know, so current form that's two in your lifetime? Yeah, some, something. Yeah. Something like that. Good for you. 
Good yeah. for you. <laughs> Man of the people, Andrew Young. That's me. So how does a fat boy from nowhere get to be a soul man? Gotta kill the person you were born to be in order to become the person you want to be. I'm thinking of changing my name to Elton. Well, that's my name. Yeah, I know. You could be the best-selling artist in America if you desire. I was trying to do something bold. Buy yourself something flashy. Can you even play the piano in those? Let them know who you are. And just don't kill yourself with drugs. So last week, last Saturday, I went to the Young Elder of Jazz, which I spoke about. We talked about, talked about last episode. Yes, we yeah. did. And... And it was great. It yeah. was great. Such time signatures. It was wonderful. I didn't see it all. I had to leave because I had a gig myself. But the good thing is that it's. I, I'll be broadcasting it on Jazz on Saturday, on Saturday the 8th of June, which will be already been and gone by the time we're listening to this. But, of course, you can go and listen back to it. If you have any interest in the kind of composition that we're talking about last week, a, a, a free composition that uh, I found very exciting myself, you can go to pbsfm.org.au forward slash jazz on Saturday and it will be up there for you to listen to for the next six months. Six months. The next six months if you're interested in hearing Josh Kelly's Displacement, which is a piece he wrote very much about uh, being of an uncertain status coming from South Africa and with his family uh, as refugees, I believe, and then going to New Zealand and then coming to Australia and becoming, you know, uh, legally, you know, allowed to stay and, and eventually presumably a citizen. And it's a great piece. It, it's right. a great I can Okay, I can speak for two-thirds of it, but my suspicion is that <laughs> three-thirds of it. Well, you'll get to hear the other third. Three th- <laughs> I will get to hear the other third. So, yes, you won't hear it live unless by accident, but you can go back and listen to it on the website, pbsfm.org.au forward slash jazz on Saturday. And that's it for this episode of The Clappers. We'll be back next week with another one. Tune in. Tune in. Find us on Facebook. Go and see some live music. <laughs>